0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Blake Street Irregulars. Sean Drotar with you, as always. And Ronnie Court from Mile High Sports. Ronnie K Radio with me, as he is every week, talking about your Colorado Rockies, who had a very interesting uh, road trip when you look at the way that everything broke down. Ronnie, against Seattle, and they... They lost three of four in that series. Half the series was in Denver. Half the series was in Seattle. A little bit strange there, but I'm going to count that as one series. Sure. And a lot of people at that point were looking at the way the Rockies were playing, looked at the fact that sort of a blip in the schedule had them losing five of seven games. Now, it it was because they lost the last game of the Philly series, the middle game of the St. Louis series, and then the three of four from Seattle. So at one point, it looked five of seven, and people were leaping off the Rockies' ship. They were, they were as far as they could running for the lifeboats. Oh, no, here we go again. Yep. Well, some of that seemed to be a mirage because then they go out. They win the last game against Seattle. The, the Seattle series was not good, but even good teams have three game losing streaks. It happens happens to the best teams there are. So no big deal. Uh, St. Louis is a very good team. They're on a, th- uh, a three game right now. So that's the way it happens. They go ahead and take two of three from San Diego, actually had the lead in the first game in San Diego, lost that lead, could have won all of them, but I think you'll take two of three on the road, even against a team like the Padres that isn't very good. How do you assess the Rockies now back in first place, 36-23? and 23. Hard to say that 13 games over 500 at this point. Do you take a look at the the little blip in Seattle, and at this point do you say, yeah, that was a blip, that it happens during a long season, or, or do you still think that was maybe a sign of maybe cracks in the dam? Well, I
1: think it's one of those things where you, you look at it and you say, wow, I, I'm almost kind of glad it happened. Because uh, you want to see this team get challenged a little bit. You want to see this team basically go through uh, bumps in the road. Because the fact of the matter is that they're going to come. They're, they're going to come at some time. And uh, look, this is a Rockies team that went 17 and 13 in May. And wouldn't you say that that was probably the most scary May uh, that Rockies fans have encountered? Because everybody is there. Everybody's holding on to that, that moment where the dam breaks. And history has shown that that's been the case. Right. Um, and, and and I just I don't think it's going to happen. And I know this is kind of the broken record uh, 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 input that, that we keep hearing is that this team is just good. But the fact of the matter is that they are. And uh, they are having good problems now that um, – they can fix, and I, I don't think there's any cause for concern in a just a slight blip. Yes, they they lost uh, five of seven, but they have rebounded nicely. Uh, they won the series that they should. They haven't lost a road series yet this year.
0: Even when they lost the five of seven, like we talked about, two of those five losses were in two different series in which they actually won those series mm-hmm. uh, both, you know, against Philadelphia and then against St. Louis. So I, I'm with you. I understand why Rockies fans find it hard to buy in and find it hard to believe right now, and I get it. But I, but I think there are reasons, because you talked about it right there. And again, let's look at what the Rockies have already gone through. Have had, they've only had John Gray for three starts total. They haven't had him since. Uh, Chad Bettis hasn't played all season. Okay, those are supposed to be your top two pitchers, and you basically haven't had them. Ian Desmond didn't play all of April. David Dahl hasn't played at all. Trevor Story had to be uh, put on the DL, and for most of April, Story and Gonzalez were hitting well under 170 Mm. each. They're still in first place. They're still 13 games over 500. This isn't like they're in first place at... One game over 500 or hovering around 500 in a bad division. They're in the best overall division in the NO and yeah, they're still exactly. leading it. And all these things happen now. Put this behind them, too. They've now finished the longest road trip of the year. They've now finished the longest stretch they've had without a day off that they'll have all year. So the hardest parts of the schedule are also behind them. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to believe. Now, does that mean it's going to end up the way you hope? No, that's the nature of baseball. An injury could happen. Uh, somebody could get figured out in the pitching staff and then that young rotation, of course. Uh, but uh, uh, failing that, there is really no reason to believe that this isn't a good team that will well, be competing it, for the postseason spot.
1: And the two things you just reeled off, injuries. Could Something happen to anybody. They, could happen to anybody. Something they've dealt with already. See about the how, how the Giants feel about, you know, did they have plans exactly. to lose Madison Bumgarner. And then the, sec- the second thing you mentioned, pitchers getting figured out. Look, these Rockies pitchers, uh, the book is out on them. The book is out on their tendencies. They are now. All, yeah. Exactly. And yet, they're still pitching very well. And so, uh, this is a Rockies team that uh, is... Uh, Certainly, there are cause for concerns in certain situations. We should always nitpick because we're always raising the bar and the standard for this team. But this is a a very very good team in a very good division, and I think the next couple series are, are good tune ups for the end of May because we're looking at from June fifteenth. This is an interesting part of the schedule where June fifteenth to July. I believe it's July third. They play only NL West opponents. you're exactly right. And so this is really not only a time where, again, I'm so tired of the, uh, the Rockies need to face X team to see where they're at for a benchmark. No, the Rockies are the benchmark now, and it's time for the Rockies to put the foot on the throat of some of these
0: NL West opponents. And that's what you take a look at when you do it. And I, I think when you play this kind of, of series, you have an opportunity uh, when you get to that, that stretch. When you're trailing, you look at it as an opportunity to catch up. When you're ahead, you look at it as an opportunity to extend that lead. So, mm-hmm. yes, you're always going to be nervous because the, this division is very good. Arizona's not going away either. We know the Dodgers, the highest spending team in the league. We know they're good. Uh, we also understand that the, the Giants, I get it, the Giants are having an awful year. But you don't just roll into San Francisco and go, we've got this, ever. They still have way too much talent. They're way too well Yeah, managed. talented they're too. They're way too proud and too experienced. Mm-hmm. So you don't take them for granted. I don't care if they're having a bad season or not. So th- this will be interesting. But before we get to that, of course, they have, oh, let the minor detail of the series of the two teams that competed in the World Series. Starting on Tuesday, they will have Cleveland for two games here at Coors Field, and then we'll go to Wrigley for four against the Cubs. And uh, the Cubs seem to be riding the ship. They're over five hundred now. They're only one game out of first in the Central. You thought it was just a matter of time till they got rolling, and that's what's happening. But let's, let's take a look uh, at, before we get to the Cleveland series, about the performances in San Diego. Tyler Chatwood, in his performance on Saturday, was outstanding. There's still concerns about Chatwood, though, because you look back and forth. Uh, he pitched great against the Padres, but again, Padres aren't all that great a team. But Chatwood did an excellent job. Eight innings, eight mm-hmm. strikeouts, only one walk, limited the walks, which has been the concern for him, and gave up only one run, which was the, the solo shot homer. So I think you can live with that. The challenge with Chatwood, who is still 5-7 and seven at this point, is the fact that he, he's always... Uh, bouncing back and forth. He's had a bipolar type of season where he looks amazing like he did against the Padres on Saturday. And then he goes out and walks six guys in five innings or something like that. So they're going to have to take a look at it in part because, by the way, Jeff Hoffman, the centerpiece of the Rockies trade for Troy Tulowitzki a little while back, has seems to uh, to my mind he has arrived. Now he was outstanding to close that series with the Padres. Seven innings pitched, nine strikeouts, no walks, and one earned run. Hoffman has started three games. He has won three games, and when you take a look at how he's pitched as a starter in those three games, it has been spectacular. His three games as a starter, he has pitched a grand total of nineteen and a third innings. He has given up four earned runs in that span. He has walked two, and he two. struck out 24. Yep. In his last two starts, gone seven innings in both, he's struck out 16 and walked none. That's the key for the Rockies is the ability to get the strikeouts and limit the walks. Hoffman's been doing it. To me, he looks ready. I don't see how you can send him down. I know he's bounced back and forth now between starts, but at this point with Tyler Anderson on the 10-day DL, with Tyler Chatwood still bouncing back and forth, I simply don't understand how you send Hoffman down. Now, obviously, until Anderson comes back, Hoffman's staying. We'll see how that goes. But if you were GM for, for the moment, and you understand that Tyler Anderson's going to be back in a week.
1: Oh, you're going to make me GM. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, look, I and have... Take
0: John Gray out of the equation, Who might be back as soon as two weeks.
1: Yeah, and and, and this is going to be an interesting time because the next three weeks... Uh, that rotation could look completely different. If I was GM, I and I've had conversations with former and current pitchers about Tyler Chatwood, because I, 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 I've I never been a pitcher. Uh, um, I was always a hitter when I played baseball when I was younger. So I never, I wanted to get into the minds of, of can this, you, you mentioned the word bipolar, um, and it seems to start on the first pitch strikes. And if, can that be fixed almost in a way where if, Chatwood walks a man or allows a hit, can he kind of change that mental mindset to where he can get out of these jams? Because you can limit damage. It just seems like once the dam breaks, it breaks hard with Tyler Chatwood, and there's there's just no saving it. And so the consensus that I got was it's time to move on. From Tyler Chatwood. Chatwood, by the
0: way, is a free agent at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, and and I don't I don't really believe there's very much trade value there. Uh, I, I think there may be some value in maybe long relief. I, I don't know uh, how Chatwood's uh, tendencies, how long it takes him to warm up, and that that kind of style. But I'm sure that uh, uh, Redmond and and Bud Black they can kind of tune that up to allow him to be more of a long relief. I, I believe he should be sent to the pen. I I think it's time to move. Jeff Hoffman into the role. I know it's a small sample size, less than five games, but the the key stat that jumps out to me is the two walks. I mean, two walks in 20 innings. If you were to go per nine, that would lead the staff by more than a walk
0: and a half. And his strikeout ratio, strikeout per nine innings, uh, leads the staff by an enormous margin among starters. It it would be just
1: incredible to see him in a featured role. I think it is time now to see. And look, the young arms are working. They're working with the Rockies. And so uh, I I think it's time to ride the young arms, and Jeff Hoffman needs to be in that rotation. Obviously, the Tyler Anderson DL situation is becoming a thing. When John Gray comes back, I, I think you have to look at a young arm as going back down. Herman um, Marquez is, is immediately the first name that jumps out because he is, um, and it's a shame because Marquez has actually pitched pretty well, but he is almost the weakest link. Of, of the four, the, of per the say. rookies, yes. of the rookies, yes, and and so uh, that's not to say he is a weak link because he has been pitching fairly well, but I think Marquez is probably the one who is going to be looked at being sent back down when John Gray comes back because it, John Gray is coming back and he will come back as the ace, absolutely, and assuming that he comes back to form, I think you want that lefty in your lineup with Anderson. It's key to keep that. And Marquez would be the guy.
0: You, you and I are of the same mind. See, so what I would do is is let, let's skip ahead to when John Gray comes back, which should sure. be about two weeks from now. But I'm with you. Uh, Jeff Hoffman, like we talked about, the centerpiece of the Troy Tulowitzki deal. And, and you look at him, and the guy just screams pitcher. He's two twenty five, six foot five. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got good movement, good repeatable arm motion. You really like what he can do. And and, it, and it's not a surprise that it took him a little bit. This is actually, uh, the Rockies didn't expect to trade for him and immediately have him jump into the rotation. Uh, this is about the track they were hoping for. For. Pitch a little bit, get his get his feet wet in that minor league system for the Rockies, get his control down. Uh, I think that's certainly gotten fixed there. The control's been outstanding. But I, I look at it saying, all right, John Gray comes back, and he is immediately the ace, as you say so. And I, I'll put it in any order, but we'll put it in the order because the way the rest tends to stack out. I think ideally you have Tyler Anderson there next because you do need that lefty. Mm-hmm. I know he's been scuffling, and we don't know what he'll look back like when he comes back from the DL. But he, he, I don't think you pull him out of the rotation because you need that other lefty. He's younger. He's under contract for longer. I think, unfortunately, you probably need to just let him work it out. Well, and I'm really interested to see how Tyler Anderson comes
1: back from this DL stint because we kind of went through this last year with Jorge De La Rosa. Jorge De La Rosa was 1-4 last year when they put him on the DL uh, with an ERA in the 10+. plus. I mean, he was really struggling. Comes back, and he goes 4-0 oh in June. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how Tyler Anderson stacks up, but I, I agree. you got to keep that lefty in there.
0: So I think you keep the lefty there, and then I think you look at then the the three rookies that have looked the best, Sensatella, Freeland, and then Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way you have to go, and then to my mind, I'm with you. I, I like Herman Marquez, and I'm bullish about his future, but I, I think you don't want to put him in the pen. It's better to send him back to Albuquerque, yes. where he can basically become— their ace, for lack of a better term, and keep him ready and on rotation and on rest in case another injury strikes or in case somebody, in case Anderson maybe doesn't get it right or or who knows what. So I I think Marquez sending him back, you you have to probably look at it and then say uh, and tell him flat out, it's like, this isn't really you. We have a log jam. We want you to go down and, and Albuquerque and go dominate like Mm -hmm. you have been and be ready to come up if something happens. He almost
1: becomes the Jeff Hoffman of right now. Yes, and then I think comes down goes goes
0: down. Then I think you move you move away from Jordan Lyles who I think is the clear clear, the weakest link in the bullpen and then you put Tyler Chadwood in long relief and I know that probably won't play well with Tyler Chadwood but this is uh, this isn't a rocky season where they can spend all the time massaging egos like guys we're in first place. It's June we're at the point where the best five guys end up in the rotation and it's not we're not going to we're not going to stroke egos if you're not good enough if you're not there you're not playing right now that's just the way it's got to be and so i think chatwood who has the potential because you talked about when it when it goes bad for him when the dam breaks it breaks it breaks hard well maybe long relief isn't a bad fit because he goes maybe 3 innings one time through the lineup then you get him out before that sort of thing happens, because it's been this season, the second time or third time through the lineup that it falls apart. Mm -hmm. Maybe he is your long reliever. Maybe he goes three innings for you here and there. He might be excellent in that role. And maybe Chatwood has an opportunity to reinvent himself in that role as bullpens are being redefined, as relief pitchers are getting paid more and more. Uh, maybe that's something I know it's not what you, you dream of, but uh, Andrew Miller didn't dream of that either when he was a starter. There, How many guys were starters that didn't think about going the way they went and then uh, have become uh, elite or at least very uh, find themselves in very lucrative roles as a reliever? So I think if you're Bud Black, to me, I, I think if you look at a rotation with Gray, Anderson, Freeland, Sensatella, Hoffman, and Tyler Chatwood being a long man out, then with the rest of the, the pen... I honestly think you look at that and you say, that's the best pitching staff top to bottom the Rockies have ever fielded. I would agree. Yeah. So, I,
1: I mean, it, you look at I, – I think you would look at that staff top to bottom and you could confidently say sending that guy out during any situation or any game – um you, you would have great confidence in. And right now the issue is between Anderson and Chatwood. And look, the Anderson being the lefty gives him a leg up here. And being a
0: guy that's under contract next yes, year. Yes,
1: true. Yes. And and look, it, it, certainly the man who's going to get the short end of the stick is Tyler Chatwood, but look, he's had uh, a couple months to try to prove that he belongs in the rotation with uh, uh, a a April, May and now it's it's likely going to be half of June. And he just, he hasn't done that. And it it is, I do believe there's time for minor tweaks. You're going to have to make minor tweaks, obviously, at some point with Chad, or uh, excuse me, uh, John Gray coming back. And so um, I I think Chatwood is the man out. And I I do agree. Uh, Jordan Lyles uh, is just, I just don't think it's time to move on It's time to move on. I I don't know if he just has the stuff to be there. And and, and it's just, it's time to move on. Well, he
0: doesn't, I don't think he does on this staff. I think this staff now actually has enough talent where – Uh, Jordan Lyles just isn't quite a fit there and and that's a good problem for the Rockies to have. So uh, let's quickly look at the Cleveland. We'll be, by the way, we'll be at our sponsor Tap 14 on Wednesday uh, following the game against the Indians down at Coors Field and we'll be recording that live there. So Tap 14 uh, 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado spirits, uh, terrific food, beautiful rooftop bar, 1920 Blake Street, just a stone's throw from the home plate entrance. So we'll be there on Wednesday. Come on down. Hey, we'll put you on the podcast if you come on down. It's it's free form here. We're Having fun, so uh, we will do that uh, on Wednesday. But let's still look at this little tiny series. Then we'll look at this Tuesday Wednesday series with Cleveland. The Rockies finally get a day off, and then again, as so many times, they will have rookie rookie taking the mound. Mm-hmm. Sends in the first game uh, against uh, Mike Clevenger of the Indians on Tuesday, and then Wednesday. Whoo! You want to see a. Uh, some pitching matchup. Kyle yeah. Freeland, the future for the Rockies, against Corey Kluber, the present for, well, everybody. Kluber's as good as anybody, not named Clayton Kershaw in baseball. If you're the Rockies, uh, do you do you need to take one of these games? Do you freak out if you don't? Uh, I mean, if you sweep them, great. Especially that second one, Freeland, a rookie. I know, I know, Kluber's four and two, Freeland six and three. Throw that out the window. Uh, Kluber's a, a rookie Kluber's versus a, a Cy Young, a Cy Young candidate. <laughs> yeah, yes, guy. correct. So, I mean, that's a big advantage to to, mm-hmm. to Cleveland, but. If they were to drop them both, let's say worst case scenario, do you, do you freak out about that? I think it depends how you drop them. I mean, the, if, if they if run these, into a national situation, just get rocked.
1: If they run into a national situation and they just get hammered, where it's a four-five hit, no-run type output from the offense, and the pitching staff gives up just you know eight-nine runs. Uh, sh- I, I don't know if there's a cause for concern, but more of a cause for where does the team stand then? Because this is a, a good opponent who was at the World Series last year with quality pitching. Uh, if, if that ends up being the situation, if, they, if they're if they in a 3-3-3 uh, or 4-4 game till the 8th or 9th and Cleveland happens to play small ball or whatnot and uh, pokes out a game winner in the 9th or whatnot... Uh, It happens, you know, and and those are going to be games that you're going to go through against good teams. Uh, I I don't think ever a two-game series at this point when the team is 10-plus games over 500 should really make you should should flip that switch of yeah. like, oh, my God, it's time to freak and, out. two-game series to the are Indians, weird you know? anyway.
0: I mean, they literally yeah. just have these two games. they just got back from the road. They have two games, of course, and then go right back onto the road for seven. So it is sort of strange. It's a peculiar scheduling thing. So I, I'm with you. I feel the exact same way. Not all losses are created equal. So as long as they're not doing the Nationals thing in average and giving up 12 <laughs> runs a exactly. game, uh, I think you look at it and go, even if you lose them both, you're like, well, okay. you know. But, the, but this, is
1: a, this is a bounce-back opportunity. For the young pitcher uh, that the Rockies do have, Antonio Sensatell, who's going to be going in Game One, uh, it got a little roughed up in in the previous start, uh, not his best start. So it will be interesting to see how the coaches uh, adjust. Senzatela and get him mentally ready for now a situation where right he'll go back is,
0: out. To my mind, is that's his strongest suit is the mental game. Yes, Senzatela just does not get stressed. He has a short memory, which is what you want. You think of like a cornerback in football that you got burned on a play doesn't mean you can't go back. You, and and the you slate just got to ignore it. Like you and, know yep. what, I'm going to get him mm-hmm. next time. Senzatela, I think the the thing he's shown for me that's the most exciting is the fact he has a short memory, guy smashed a home run off of him he's like all right well that one's gone yeah
1: you were a big sense of telephone yeah yeah I, yeah I
0: very much like his mental game and i think that's something that's one of his strong suits and will, will go well but uh, when we recorded at tap 14 last week we had uh, the mile high sports beat reporters there we had Alyssa no we had uh, anilo Piro, and we also had ryan green for 5280 sports mm-hmm. network uh we had a round table there and we all talked about the same thing expect for a little bit it would not surprise at all if Senzatella and Freeland especially, now that they've been in the rotation really the whole year, that if the next couple games or a few games over the next month or so, they do get batted around. Because now, that, as you pointed out right at the beginning of this podcast, the film's out a little bit. Yeah. The guys know and major league hitters, once they determine some patterns, they can jump on them. So I think if Sensatella and Freeland get knocked around a little bit over the next four or five starts, you don't look at them and say, Oh no, see, they've been, they've been picked up. This is how it works you divide the season to an extent into thirds. The first 50 games are done. Now you look at the next 50. Now the league knows you. The league didn't know them in the first 50. Now the league knows you. And the veteran guys who have eaten up pitchers that are as good or better than you before, they're going to probably batter you around a little bit. It doesn't mean they're not good pitchers. It just means that this is the next stage in development that now they need to know what to do. They need to adjust when guys maybe know you now and they've seen you and they have some awareness of what's coming and you can't blind
1: And making adjustments to the adjustments that people are making to you are so crucial for lasting an entire season because, look, anybody can go out and light the MLB on fire for five, six games, and then all of a sudden people figure out, oh, here's your sequence, and this is the same sequence you run every single time. Well, then you get very predictable, and like you said, MLB hitters look 100 mile an hour fastballs, great movement on sliders. If they know what's coming, they can hit it. Yes. and it's uh, and this is where I go back to that stint of Jul- uh, June 15th through July 3rd, facing the NL
0: West again. And They've these young, all seen you even m- more than once now. now, right?
1: Yep, and 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 we should very much see two or three starts from each of the young pitchers through this stand. Uh, Some possibly facing uh, Arizona twice, you know, and so this is where it's going to be interesting because now this is the this is the opponent's opportunity to not only get the book out on these guys, study the book, but then execute it them i'm really interested to see how the pitching staff as well as the young pitchers adjust in that little series should be interesting and then obviously for the in fact and the, the it's the important uh, nl west uh the Rockies trying to win the, the division title uh and that uh, should be something that they should contend for
0: he is ronnie court of mile high sports you can follow him at ronnie k radio on twitter and i I suggest you do. He's on top of everything out here. I, I think he's the you know, guy that keeps everything running. I think I don't even think we have lights over here. I screwed if, in the light bulb yeah, over yeah, the weekend. Yeah, I, yes, he's all it of it. Uh, he's <laughs> our he's our Scotty from Star Trek. Nothing works without him. So uh, uh, it's always great to have Ronnie here every week talking about it. And uh, want to make sure we mention again our sponsors, Tap 14, 70 Colorado Draft Beers, 100 Colorado Distilled Spirits. They have the great rooftop on top of Haters & Co. 1920 Blake. I will be there. Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be there before the game on Wednesday, and then after the game on Wednesday... To uh, you know, to, well, to record the podcast, but I'm also going to go as a fan on Wednesday because because mm. I see Freeland and Kluber, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to cover that. I just want to go watch. You it. Just want to go so watch. That, it. Yeah. So that's what we'll be doing. Have an opportunity to come on out and join us there. So thanks to Tap 14 as always. Visit them on tap14.com uh, to learn more about them and come out and visit them. But for uh, Ronnie, make sure you visit him again. As I said, Ronnie K Radio on Twitter. My name is Sean Drotar. That's S Drotar if you want to follow that S D R O T A R. And we will check back with you we're going to do three this week because hey this team is hot so we're just going to do three this week got the indians and got the cubs we'll be right on top of it with you all week long this has been the blake street Irregulars. thank you for listening it's a 5280 sports network production